Start the recording. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Biohackers Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your co-host, Fernando from Orlando, joined by Stephen Klein, the Super Connector, the other co-host. And today we're so excited to have Don Mox. Uh, we'll be talking about exercise, well, his roles as an exercise physiolo physiologist, a sports scientist, and director of applied science for the mode method. His personal mission is to help individuals make necessary changes to lead the alleviation of suffering and contribute to the betterment of all people. He's been a professor for over 35 years and loves the discovery of new human performance. Before we go to you, Don, I'll hand it over to Stephen to complete this introduction. Stephen. Sure. Um, yeah, I know Don's got a great product because one of my uh, liaisons or colleagues in this space who has a clinic in the northern part of Michigan called Petoskey, it's called Rejuvenate. And he made it a point one time to tell me, Stephen, everybody should be taking Spermini Life. That's one of the staples of supplementation. We'll get into that a little bit. And the title of this episode is going to be HRV is an indicator for peak performance and optimal health. And I've had the pleasure of meeting Don at several different biohacking type conferences. Um, he's got great products. He's got a great reputation. He does great work. And I'm actually uh, in the middle of using one in a, in a test period with him, which this is the HRV plus, which is the mode method. So excited to have Don with us. Welcome, Don to the Biohackers Water Cooler. Thanks, gentlemen. I'm excited about this. This is my first um, live stream. So I feel like I'm getting closer to Hollywood, but we're not quite there yet, but we're doing good. Yeah, just watch your language, man. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Fernando, are you muted? Oh, yes, I was muted. Thanks, Stephen. I was just saying, hey, uh, just take us with you when you go to Hollywood. That's all. I thought you were going to practice in some ventriloquism over there, but that'll be, that'll be a different podcast. All right. So excited to have you, Don. Fernando, you got any uh, intriguing questions you're biting at the tongue? To yes, because th this mission, this personal mission that Don has here is uh, helping individuals make necessary changes to lead the alleviation of suffering and contribute to the betterment of all people. Don, why? What's your why? Well, I'll tell you, I came to that mission in a, in a rather challenging part of my life. I, um, again, I've been a professor for a long time and, and done a lot of work in this space, but it wasn't, um, I had spent some time at Ohio State, 15 through 18, doing work using HRV and athlete performance with the wrestling team there. I'm a former captain of the wrestling team at Ohio State back in the early 80s. Um, so I've always stayed close. I mean, there, you know, that's that's a brotherhood. It's a great fraternity to be to be a member of. And I and I wound up having to leave that um, the work that I was doing while it was being recognized by Navy Special Operations and Army uh, Special Operations Group and it was being recognized. But you know what? Ohio State was not crazy about me being there. And, and I wound up having to leave. So I, I accepted an offer to work in the cannabis industry down in Florida. Hmm. Uh, another good friend who we had connected through HRV Science, um, and and there was a there was a wonderful offer. And and I don't know where you guys are at on this, but the universe every once in a while says it's time for you to go somewhere else, and they make it very uncomfortable to stay where you're at. 
and they open these other doors. And unless you've got your, your, your attention up and paying attention to these other doors, well, I, I'm sitting down in Florida in a, in a one bedroom apartment. My wife and my daughter are still back up in Ohio. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Why are you selling weed in South Florida? And because um, I was, you know, we we're working with medical cannabis in the time. And, but at the end of the day, I was still selling weed in South Florida. And I said, <laughs> okay, let's figure this out. And I, I, I don't remember who the author is. In fact, I, I really want to find this, but it said, stop defining yourself by what you do and, and develop a personal mission. And when I started looking at this, you know, I'd, I'd been a professor and a coach and, and, and done these things for years. And I said, what is it that I do? And, and, and at the end of the day, I help people understand the change is necessary. Okay. Things you don't change with, with, for no reason at all. You need to understand what is, what are you trying to get out of? What are you trying to resolve? What are you trying to achieve? What change are you trying to direct or drive? And, you know, a lot of it is around alleviating suffering. I want to hurt less. I want to be more successful. I want to be able to take advantage of what the time that God's given me. Um, but at the same time, that second half is to, to alleviate suffering and contribute to the betterment of well people. You know, a lot of my clients, a lot of people I work with are really high performers, Olympic gold medalists and national champions and pro athletes and, 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 exe and executives, people who function at a high level. So what I wind up doing for them is understanding what changes they need to make um, in order to facilitate their goals. Um, you know, as a coach, you know, I had successes as an athlete and those decisions were my decisions that I made. But when I start coaching, I can't make anybody better. I need the athlete to understand the changes necessary on their part. So they can start to engage in the new behaviors that lead to the alleviation of suffering or contribute to the betterment of well people. That's that's my challenge. That's kind of what I do. It's kind of what I get off on, um, helping people understand that so that they change their lives based on their own behaviors. That's wonderful. And when I read well people in the in the Google Doc, I thought there was a a, a typo like all people, but now I hear you say no well people what is well people well it's it's maybe someone who's not suffering um you know there, there's there's a lot of us that you know we go through life and 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 i don't you know i'm not i'm not trying to alleviate suffering in my part but you know when you study buddhism and you understand uh many of the sciences there's a level of suffering that we all engage with that we need to understand um you know what? There's a lot of us that 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 are not suffering, and we're trying to raise the level of wellness and performance. So I I wanted to make sure and get the continuum in there. So whether someone's suffering with pain, and we're helping them alleviate pain or disease or disease of some kind, or if it's someone I'm second in the country, I want to become the best in the country so I can represent our country internationally. You know what? That's a well person. That's someone, I mean, we're, we're dealing with minute little changes that, that, that have to be there for them to make that next step up. Um, so there's a range and, and, and you know what? Someone who suffers from trauma, 
and has become hypervigilant, regardless of the source of the trauma, whether it's financial or sexual or, or regardless where it comes, it's still trauma. Um, that's a continuum. And the other end of the continuum is that elite performer. And this is what we see with HRV. Heart rate variability is a tool that works that entire continuum. Um, so if someone is dealing with trauma and they're hypervigilant, and this leads to problems, hormonal problems, a lot of things along the way, suffering, well, we can see that and we can use HRV as a tool to recover, to drive our decisions to make, because at the end of the day, we kind of like a scoreboard. We want, you know, we're used to driving our cars and we have a, a check engine light that comes on uh, when there's a problem with our car. Well, HRV, a lot of times, like the check engine light of, of the human body. Um, when, when that thing is not performing well, we need to dig in a little bit and figure out, okay, what's the problem? Why isn't this working the way it should be? And it, it, you know, you may have a check engine light, but when you go to your mechanic, they plug another computer in that downloads the entire, you know, system from the car. Well, HRV gives us a tool that we can do that with. I can say, ah, this isn't quite right. Let's go in and do a download and get some more data here so that we can make better decisions for you. So I can give you better data so you can make better decisions so you can alleviate your personal suffering. You know, maybe it's just trying to get my car back and forth to work and I, it, it won't run. Or maybe I'm running an NASCAR or an F1 and we're really looking at the tight stuff. Same thing applies to humans. Um, and it starts with HRV. This is the value of that tool. And so it, that's kind of that's kind of my gig. I love that. And with before we go deeper into HRV, let's go big picture to the the the, the athletes. Mm -hmm. You mentioned last time we talked, you mentioned Misha Tate, yep. uh, who is an athlete. Uh, I don't know if she's still is she still? Uh, yeah, she just announced yesterday she's got a fight June 3rd. Love Misha Tate. For those of you who don't know, UFC, uh, amazing attitude uh, as a fighter. Uh, she lost to Ronda maybe what 10 years ago or so it's been a, it's been a minute but talk to us a little bit the work you've been doing with people at that level well th this extends from the work that i was doing at ohio state and um and you can if you go to my youtube channel if you go youtube don moxley there's a video up there on kpis of elite college wrestlers so we've put the whole we've put the whole program out there. I did a talk to the U.S. Special Operations Command back in uh, 18 or 19, and that talk is what's up there. So you can go search, and I think we can probably put a link in our in our notes. Um, but it was through a chain of events that um, I learned about HRV uh, when I was working with a company called Polar, the heart rate monitor company. Um, I learned about it and I thought, okay, this is really interesting. And that science has evolved dramatically, quickly. Um, and we've had a chance to be at their middle. So the work that we did at OSU, we got to where we could predict who would be an All-American the first day of the wrestling tournament, uh, the national tournament. Um, and when you've got that kind, when you've got that kind of predictive power, it changed the way we did athlete preparation. So all of a sudden, when we figured this out in 16, we started to see it in 15 and 16. We started to be able to identify the sweet spot, 16, 17. So 17, 18, it was all about prepping our athletes that when we went to nationals, we had an HRV score that was sufficient for them to be able to make All-American. And for most of our guys, we hit it. For some, we didn't. Uh, you know, you either win or you learn. We learned a lot from it. 
Um, and then we, you know, as I left, the ironic thing on this Fernando is when I, and I didn't know this at the time, when I went to work in cannabis, it was a complete faith-based move. I'm like, okay, universe, I see you want me here. Thank you. It's been a great offer. My family, we make it work for my family. Well, it turns out we have this thing called the endocannabinoid system. We have part of our, of our nervous system that was named after cannabis molecules. This is how we discovered it. And when you look at the endocannabinoid system and it's functioning, it's essentially, um, HRV is a proxy for endocannabinoid status. Um, and so it's very difficult to address HRV and not at least pay attention to what's going on with your endocannabinoid system. Um, the other half of that is inflammation. One of the key drivers for low HRV is poor inflammation is or high inflammation, which would be poor. Um, so, you know, that's what, that's what led us to where we're at now creating this product. And, um, it's been a, it's been a really cool journey. Wow. Amazing. So much to unpack there. So let's go into the product. So what is the product? And then, uh, next I'm already thinking of, you know, how this relates to, you know, uh, resonance or even that, that Institute, what's the heart, heart math Institute. Yeah. We can talk about that later, but let's go to the product. Yeah. So what, what happened is, um, ironically, uh, when we start, when we start, when we launched longevity labs here in the States and we launched using our spermidine life product, um, we had a, we had one of our docs on a Dave Asprey podcast. Um, and it was, it was really, it was good for us. Dave Asprey loved our product, jumped all over it. Well, but I thought it was important for us to understand why people were buying spermidine life. What is it was motivating them? Um, and so I wound up having phone calls with about 500 of our first 700 customers. Um, since it was coming off the recommendation with Dave Asprey, uh, Dave at the time was an advisor to Aura Ring, which is an HRV measurement tool. Um, we had a lot of people that I'm talking to that had an Aura Ring. 80% of the people we spoke with, 80% of them didn't know what to do with it. They're like, okay, I've got this. I've got this number. What do I do with it? And this was this was our first sign that the universe was doing something special with us at the time. And I went back to our leadership, our CEO, and I said, listen, there's an opportunity here. And um, and Daniel said to me, he said, so do you have a, is there a mix? I said, I've already done it. I said, when I was working in cannabis, I created this mix, this cannabinoid mix. Um, we've, we've worked it. I've, I've, I've worked it with many people. I said, this is ready for prime time. So we ran a sample run uh, with the, um, the, the omega-3 fats this time. Most cannabinoids are delivered in coconut oil. Uh, so it's MCT oil. We, I said, okay, let's, let's get this into an omega-3 fat, the DHA EPA, which is lowering inflammation. We've got some curcumin in it. We've got some magnesium in it, which are going to continue to improve that. But the other thing that we put in, that's a really big deal is in the omega-3s, we have what's called specialized pro-resolving mediators. These are called SPMs. And these are the molecules Omega-3 fats become SPMs and resolve the inflammatory pathway. Um, we, we've got a company in Spain that we got the product from that are already enzymatically spun this down so they're readily available to you in the product. So we're working hard to lower the inflammatory effect 
But at the same time, we're working hard to drive up endocannabinoid system status. Is our nervous system ready to recover? Is it ready to, to lower the vigilance? Is it ready to give us the ability to recover? And that was one of the coolest things about when we started this is the sleep scores that people were getting off of their wearables were off the charts. Um, people are like this time sleep and we say sleep like a baby. And if you've, ne- if you've been a parent, you'll know babies don't sleep well. Um, but they, they, they sleep like a grandparent. Um, we sleep really well. Um, but, um, but yeah, the sleep scores that came with this were just phenomenal. We saw HRV bumps too. And you, listen, there's no such thing as a magic pill. Okay. I can't give you a pill that's going to fix your HRV. Um, but I can give you a supplement that lays the groundwork to improve your sleep. And then if you go ahead and you do the appropriate work on top of that, you know, all the supplements with the, with the, with an appropriate diet, you'll see weight loss, right? Well, has a lot less to do with the diet and a lot more to do with the appropriate process, um, the supplement and the diet. But, um, and that's what we see with this too. We see a lot of people getting great sleep. We see a lot of people, the testimonies that we're getting um, are, you know, I have to be careful because I can't necessarily just throw out testimonial data as the manufacturer of a product, but we're getting great testimonies. If you keep an eye on our social media and some of our influencers, they're allowed to talk about that stuff, but the feedback we've gotten has been wonderful. Um, and we're continuing, and listen, we've got a study going on right now, um, using wearable data. We actually have a few slots left. So if someone wants to take a look at getting into the study, you need wearable HRV measurement. We like Aura Ring. We like Elite HRV. Um, we like BioStrap. Those are all three good platforms. Um, and you need to have been using it. But if you want to get in the study, uh, you can DM me directly, either through our social channels or my social channel. Um, and we'll get you plugged in. So we've got a few slots left in that. And it's been uh, it's been a really good uh, experiment. It's been really good. Teaches us a lot about it. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, I've got a lot of people like Steve, who we see it shows and we see this and we try it. And, you know, one of our mutual friends, um, we were talking, he says, I'm not seeing any change. And I said, so tell me about what's going on with your exercise habits. He says, I don't exercise. Listen, it's nearly impossible to improve HRV without exercise. It just, you have to do it. Um, and you know what? It's motivated him. He's he started to add walking zone two, zone three stuff, and I'm sure he's going to see the changes that he wants at that point. It's impossible to improve HRV without fixing your sleep. If you've got bad sleep, you can't fix HRV. Um, but with a good supplement, you get the sleep that you need. You have the recovery. You tie the exercise in. You'll move the needle the direction you want to go. Hmm. Awesome. The sleep score that you're referring to, I was just uh, putting some slides for my uh, group session tonight for my coaching clients. And uh, there's a book that came on my uh, radar called uh, Break, called Brainwash. Hmm. Brainwash. Oh, about lymphatic, uh, lymphatic drainage. Yes. 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 Great yes. Book. yes. Amazing I the book. I know the research. Yes. So it, it in that book, it talks about the importance of, of sleep. And I mean, I've heard it so many ways, but the way it was explained through that book, uh, it was a remarkable sleep scores. What is for the people that, you know, probably haven't heard what that is. 
what is a sleep score and what are some things, you know, before they get your products, you know, in their, in their hands, what are some things they can do to start increasing their sleep score right away? Listen, improving sleep. And there's a lot of people out there that focus on this. You know, um, Steve and I have a mutual friend, Molly McLaughlin. Molly Eastman is her married name. She has a product called Sleep is a Skill. That's her website. She does a great job of really digging into this. But there's some basic things you can do. Um, number one, turn your bedroom into a cave. Okay. Cold, dark. Um, and again, you know, create this environment. Uh, the body likes to sleep in that environment. A little bit of sound is fine. Zero light is great. Um, being able to get away from device-based uh, use prior to bed, because the light in the devices, you know, we're talking to each other on computers right now. We got a ton of uh, blue light flooding us. Um, you know what, our eye, the, the pineal gland sees that and says, oh, that's a waking process. Well, when you're, when you're drowning yourself in that crappy light at night, it's confusing that pineal gland. It's confusing the conversion of serotonin to melatonin. These are all problems. So being able to uh, get away from light sources, particularly around sunset, our bodies love this circadian rhythm, sunrise, sunset. Our body adapts to it. Every molecule in your body synchronizes to the circadian rhythm. Well, when you're sitting there flooding yourself with crappy light at night and throwing that rhythm off, all of a sudden normal systems don't work. Endocannabinoid system breaks down. You get pro-inflammatory. These are all tools. So, so the first thing, turn your bedroom into a cave, number one. Um, you know, we did a thing. We were working, we we're measuring HRV. Uh, for 24 or 48 hours straight, we're using a first beat device, which is a halter monitor. And it got to the point where I could tell whether my wrestlers were sleeping in a bed by themselves or if they're sleeping in a bed with their mates. Because when, I, when my wrestler was in the bed by themselves, you could see them drop into deep sleep much sooner. And, and, and it, you know, listen, it makes sense. These kids are 18 to 21, 22. They're optimized for reproduction. If you're in bed with a mate and that mate rustles, your brain's like, hey, you might want to get on that. Um, and so part of what we had to do was, listen, I had to sit down with my wrestler. I said, I don't care what you do with your partner. I just want it done early and go home and sleep in your own bed. Um you know, so it's it's little things like that. There's a thing that's called sleep divorce, where people or where part where couples are choosing to sleep in different beds. Um, it's important that you get good sleep, okay? And the world gets better when everyone is getting good sleep and we're getting those HRV scores back up. You're just in a better mood. Everything's happier. Um, so that's always a good move. So you know, having a strategy around sleep is really important. Mm. You know, that sleep divorce is the first time I hear it. It's now we just said it. However, two weeks ago, listening to a podcast between uh, Tim Ferriss and uh, CEO coach, I think he's he goes by the CEO coach. He said that he lives in a beautiful house, big house, you know, luxurious. And he's been sleeping in a tent in the backyard for a few years now. And his sex life is amazing with his wife. More so, information than we needed. What's that? More information than we needed. 
Well, thanks, Don. Well, <laughs> I, I want to actually to pick on Stephen because I think one of the reasons, you know, Stephen's, you know, it, it, you know, point, data points are now going as 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 high as they it could is probably because of the the partner that he's been sleeping next to or the partners. So, Stephen, you need to like do your thing early and go to bed by yourself, Stephen. Yeah, we'll have a talk on about that, Fernando. I don't think that's the issue, but we can discuss. <laughs> Just needed to pick on you somehow. Sure. Uh, Don, so back to you, um, your product or your, your, your supplements, uh, what do you want everyone, uh, as far as that are playing the game at that high level athletes, like who do you need to, to be in contact with? Who are your ideal clients or who do you want this podcast to reach for now, before we go to the more like Zen compassionate with, you know, if you uh, are suffering. If you are in a place in your life where sleep is a challenge, either you're, you're hypervigilant, you've been traumatized, there's something that's coming up that's creating a problem, and you go to bed and your mind is going a thousand miles an hour, um, learn to meditate a little bit, learn to quiet that brain, but also if you'll go ahead and throw the, endocanna the, the, the cannabinoids in on top, CBD, CBDA, beta-caryophylline, these are all called cannabinoids. Um, CBDA, beta-caryophylline, I think where the real value's at. Throw this in. This gives you the ability to get to sleep and stay asleep. This is an important part. Um, so if, if that's something you're suffering from, it's something that's worth taking a look at. If you are an athlete and you're not measuring HRV yet, you know what? You're leaving money on the table. As you start to understand HRV, and there's a couple of things I think it's important to monitor. Listen, with our wrestling team, we measured three and a half million data points in one season. Okay. We measured everything from heart rate to heart rate variability, all the strength parameters, the weight parameters. This all got aligned to, well, we use sensory deprivation float tanks quite a bit. So floating, we floated that team 140 times. So we were looking at HRV as it related to floating, HRV as it related to meditation, guided meditation. This is where we brought um, heart math in. I love the heart math inner balance tool. Um, <clears throat> listen, we use that with my Olympic gold medalist, the guy that had not lost a match in three years at any level, dropped a dual meet. Um, when we looked at his HRV data, we saw something that we can fix with biofeedback driven meditation. We hooked him up with uh, the, the inner balance. He totally gamified this thing, went off the edge. Same guy he lost to an adult media beat in the big 10 and national finals. So these are all tools that you can use to move those numbers. But if you don't have the number, you don't know what to move. If you don't have a sleep score, you don't know what to do. So this is the challenge. I mean, what Einstein said, if, you know, what's, if you, if you, it wasn't Einstein. It was, um, I'll think about the, the, the researcher's name. Um, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Yep. Yep. Okay. This is important. Um, I'm totally by, but, but what Einstein said, just because you can measure it doesn't make it important. And we may not know how to measure the important stuff yet. So I think there's two sides to that. Well, as a coach, as a sports scientist, I want to measure everything. This is signal and noise. I want to figure out what is the signal and what is the noise. And in the absence of everything, you can't figure out signal. 
So these, you know, as a coach, as a sports scientist, these are the things I look at. I don't want to just do, um, you know, confirmation bias and, 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 and confirm my, my previous um, beliefs. I want to measure things that challenge my beliefs. I want to measure things that say, well, you know, listen, there's, there's not an athlete that doesn't walk into a weight room and lay down and do a bench press. I'm not against the bench press. Don't get me wrong. But the data that comes from the bench press is valueless in predicting success. Okay. It only predicts success in bench press. It doesn't predict success anywhere else. So, you know, this is the important part about this is knowing what makes a difference. Sleep scores make a difference. HRV scores make a difference. Daily temperature measurement that comes from wearable technology makes a difference. We can predict COVID before you're symptomatic. Two different occasions when I was with the wrestling team, I said, you know, we, you have 10 guys in the weight class. You can travel with 16, according to the NCAA. Um, on two different occasions, I said to the coach, you need to bring two guys in this weight class. And he's like, why? I said, well, our starter is going to be sick in two days. He's like, how do you know that? Well, his HRV scores told me he was infected already. He had the flu coming on. I he just had just not become symptomatic yet. Um, two days later, he's symptomatic. We've isolated him from the team. I need someone to put in the lineup. When you, when you can see body temperature, respiration, heart rate variability, resting heart rate, all these tools, these are signals. They're not noise. Um, and these signals can be used. And then you can treat them directly. And again, if I've got someone struggling with sleep, we'll come back with the right supplements. I can't give you a pill, though to raise your HRV if you're sleeping poorly and not exercising. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that quote was by Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker, I'm. thank you. Yeah, yeah. If you can't measure, you cannot manage it. Uh, for the folks that don't know what Heart uh, Math Institute is, what is, can you do a little so, summary? So Heart Math is an organization out of Southern, out of Redwoods, California, and they have done a great job of creating biofeedback-based device. The thing about heart rate variability is we refer to it as an autonomic, an automatic part of your nervous system, okay? You don't have to think to breathe. You don't have to think to make your heart beat. You don't have to think for your, that's all driven by your autonomic system. Now, our, our skeletal muscle system we control, I want to bend my elbow. I want to pick up this bottle. These are things that we think about in our, in our nervous system drives on our skeletal side. But what we know about heart HRV, we can control our breathing skeletally, which will modify our autonomic performance. So I'm able to do breathing exercises. Five seconds in, five seconds out. We do this repeatedly for a minute. There will be an improvement in parasympathetic signal. Um, heart math has done a great job of creating the tool. Listen, your Apple Watch will coach you through this now. There's a lot of tools out there that are playing in this space. Uh, the, the, co the coherence that comes with breathing and heart rate variability is certainly a heart math um listen, they're the leaders in this space. They've done a great job and I love their tools. Um, so that, that's what HeartMath is. And again, if you're looking for tools to improve life, uh, HeartMath may be something to look at. Yeah, absolutely. So Don, when you see significant improvements in HRV, with all the other things you know, equal, based on the standards that you're using to move the, move the needle with the athletes or regular people, 
what kind of improvements can somebody expect if they're taking care of those other things that that the inflammation, the the sleep issues, whatever? What kind of an improvement can you see? And I know you can't make any claims, et cetera, but you can talk about averages and moving and things like that, can't you? I mean, what what would you say? What we see is we can see statistically significant changes. Um, so, you know, statistically significant is a process, a statistical process. We can also see notable changes because you may not have enough data to declare it statistically significant, but you can see notable differences. And this, listen, we're running this, stu this study right now with HRV Plus and the Heads Up Health team to try and put some parameters together about what you can expect. Um, we have some low performers in this that are just not, it's just not clicking. Um, but we've got some people that are seeing uh, 20, 18, 17% improvements in HRV scores over 30 days. Um, right now, the average is coming out under single digits. Um, so it's not double digit stuff, but certainly a single digit improvement is still great. I mean, any movement, listen, what we know is when HRV when you die, the, the heartbeats before you die, your, your, your HRV will be zero, okay? The farther you stay from zero, the farther you stay from death, okay? This is the thing. And what we know in elite athletes, in elite college wrestlers, I needed to send my guys to nationals with at least 75 milliseconds of uh, HRV at, when measured through what's called RMSSD. That's the typical score you get from your HRV device. If I... I never sent a wrestler there with lower than 70 or lower that made All-American. I never sent a wrestler with 75 or more who didn't make All-American. That's a pretty distinct line. Um, my national champion had the highest, the, my Olympic champion had the highest that we ever measured. My national champion was just below that. My world champion was just below that. So we, see, we saw a relationship between HRV scores and performance. We saw that cut score that says, hey, you got to get these guys with 75 milliseconds. I mean, you got to send them with that. And you know what? From a coaching standpoint, what you'll see in that video that we discussed, you can use HRV. We used it three different ways. We used it diagnostically. What's wrong with this athlete? Why is this athlete not performing? That's essentially what's in that story. We can use it prescriptively. You know what? I, I went to my coach on multiple occasions and said, we've got gas in the tank. If you want to take this team a little higher, harder, you can. He always came back to me and says, I don't need to. We've gotten the work that we need. I don't need to. We used it to change our modalities. So we went from running conditioning to cycling-based conditioning um, because running has an impact. Running, every time that foot hits, you have an impact in the fascia. Your entire nervous system is carried through the fascia of your body. You pay a price every time that foot hits. And I've already got a group of athletes that we're already training pretty hard. So if I can get a conditioning benefit without the cost of running, that's where we went to cycling. It was incredibly beneficial. Wow. Um, so, so, and this is, listen, I've trained people for half marathons and full marathons. My recipe is I pull them off the road for half of their workouts. I put them on a bicycle doing threshold-based work. I've never had a distance runner miss a goal when they followed this program. Lots of zone two, zone three out of a five-zone program, feeding that mitochondria. That's, that's where life is at. I mean, it's the mitochondria in the muscle, not just slow-twitch fibers, but fast-twitch fibers. They have mitochondria too. You're not going to die when you run out of time. 
You'll die when you run out of energy. Energy is a mitochondrial mitigated uh, process. Feed the mitochondria. And you do that with zone two, zone three work, good sleep, nutrient dense food. This is all the process that goes into that. And in turn, you'll get an improvement in HRV as well. Wow. Wonderful. I would like for you to speak a little bit to this graph here that I found on your website. Um, the CB1 and CB2, the receptors. So what we know is that we have identified scientifically, there's at least two different receptors on the nervous system that, are, that, that bind with the ligands that are produced in cannabis. Um, the CB1 receptors, they're primarily found in the brain, the central nervous system. They're out in some other tissues, but it's largely, and it's the CB1 receptor that THC bonds with to create the euphoric effect, okay? That's where that comes from. But it also has um, other effects too. You have other ligands, CBDA, there's other uh, beta-caryophylline, and there's other receptors as well. So CB2 receptors, mainly in peripheral organs that are really associated with immune system response. So when you start taking a look at immune system response, now here's the important part. CBD, the, the thing that you see for sale everywhere, doesn't bond to either one of these, okay? So CBD, I think, is a little bit overrated. CBDA and beta-caryophylline bond with both, as well as bonding to pain receptors called TRIP-V receptors. There's also serotonin receptors that, the, that these same ligands bond to. So there's a whole myriad of receptors that CBDA, beta-caryophylline, bond to, to create the anti-inflammatory effect, to improve communication in the central nervous system. This is where that CB2 receptor works. And an example of this, guys, is if your body is craving hydration, how does it signal you? Well, some, for me, it's like coughing. No, if, 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 if it wants hydration. You get thirsty. It makes you thirsty. Right. And That's for me, it's like cough out of thirst. Exactly. So if your body craves energy, calories, what's the signal it gives you? Hunger. 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 Exactly. So what is anxiety? Okay. For years, we've been using anxiety as an expression that I'm overfueled with sugar. It's not the case. Anxiety is the body saying you need to move because when you move, you create an endocannabinoid that's called anandamide. It is a molecule that your body makes with exercise and movement. As anandamide levels go up, you improve neural communication and you lower anxiety, okay? Anxiety is a signal of your body saying move, okay? We can improve this, but we live, unfortunately, we live in containers. We live in aquariums. We don't live environments that are consistent with our evolutionary genetic makeup. So we have to artificially build this into our process. We don't have to hunt and gather anymore. We walk to the refrigerator and we pull it open. Um, we go to the grocery store, we load up a cart. We don't have to pursue prey. We don't have to gather fruits and vegetables and tubers and so forth. It's readily available to us. We have, we have plenty of food. This is a challenge and you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But anxiety 
When you see anxiety, this is an anandamide. This is part of your fear detection system. This is part of your motivation. So this is what you get with anxiety. And we can take this another level. There's this, there are two great papers out there. And this is where I really started to get locked in on HRV and cannabinoids. If you take a mouse or if you take a, a dog and you fear condition it, you put it in a cage and it's not a nice, it's not a nice experiment, but, but you shock them and they become fearful. So part of your brain is called the amygdala. This is the fear sensing part of your brain. And what we know in those two animals, there is a drop of anandamide in the amygdala. Okay, so anandamide is also called the Zen molecule. When you exercise, you create Zen molecules. Well, if you are traumatized, there's a drop of anandamide in the and it does not return. Okay, this is, you know, if you're born in a rattlesnake pit, the only way you survive is through vigilance, hypervigilance. Okay, and if I take you out of the rattlesnake pit and I put you into a home full of bunny rabbits, Okay, no threat. You're still vigilant. The drop of anandamide's taken place. You're still hyper vigilant. So people who, and to a certain degree, all of us have had to deal with trauma. Some of us have had to deal with a lot more than others. Um, and when you start taking a look at, we we saw this in Vietnam when we took our soldiers and dropped them in Vietnam. This was a rattlesnake pit. The vigilance went off the scale. What did our Vietnam vets like when they came home? They liked smoking cannabis, okay? Because consuming the exogenous cannabinoid helped normalize the vigilance that comes with this. So these are the important parts. So anandamide, listen, when I, I did not know about anandamide until I went to Florida to work in the cannabis business. This should be chapter two of exercise 101. This is the reason you exercise the Zen molecule anandamide. So this is an important part. And when you take a look at supplementation, we can supplement CBD supports anandamide. It supports its life cycle, but we can also use CBDA beta caryophylline to land on a lot of those same receptors that anandamide land on to keep things working. Mm. Wow. Wow. I'm excited for all these new words here that even um, the Zoom uh, uh, caption here could not even understand. <laughs> but I'm learning a lot, Don. I, I, I'm gathering a bunch of links to put in the show notes. Excited to have this new um, notion uh, that anxiety equals just go move. Listen, the, I, I come from the exercise community. I've been teaching exercise science for 35 years. The exercise community has failed. We failed dramatically. Most people that walk into a gymnasium and purchase a membership, they're doing it with the goal of losing weight. Shittiest goal in the world, okay? We failed millions and millions of times. You go into the gym to exercise to improve endocannabinoid system status, to improve anandamide production, to improve the basic things that help you live better longer. This is why we exercise. Quit looking in the mirror. Start feeling the inside. And again, this is where wearable technology gets to be nice. This thing pr produces a check engine light for me on my phone. This one does a similar thing. I mean, I've, I measure, I'm using these tools all the time, looking for good ones and bad ones. And there's bad ones out there. I'll warn you right now. I do not endorse everything. Um, 
Everything I've talked about so far are things that give you good signals, and I think they're important. Um, but this is the reason we engage in movement. We evolved to change. We evolved to move. So when you, and and again, we have another submolecule. It's called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, a BDNF. We know that BDNF drives the connection of neurons that lead to learning. Okay. That, 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 that neural connection is then catalyzed with dopamine. So when I move and I learn something new and I get happy, it binds, it ties in, it's in the system. Okay. Um, so these things go hand in hand. So the reason you exercise is BDNF and anandamide. It has nothing to do. Listen, I love fat loss. I love ketones and all the stuff that goes with that, but throw your effing scale away. Did you like that? I knew we're live, so I didn't use that word. Um, <laughs> throw your effing scale away. Quit. No one takes a picture of their scale and puts it on the wall. No, no one has ever taken a picture of their scale and posted it on Instagram or Facebook. I don't think I've ever seen it. We like events. I call them trainable life events. Train for the wedding that's coming up or the vacation or the thing that's coming up that you will enjoy more because you physically are, have the capacity to do it. This is what fitness is to me. Fitness is the physical capacity to enjoy the life you're given. That is what fitness, that's my definition of fitness. And my goal in fitness is to constantly enjoy, you know, my, my wife and I live in an RV, right? And I'm recording today in Las Vegas, Nevada. For everyone listening, we tried to record this last week. I was up in Lake Tahoe, uh, California. Um, but our internet was not good enough, mainly because we'd just gotten 40 inches of snow, which meant I had to go out and shovel a bunch of that. And I physically had to be able to deal with the elements. That's what I'm looking forward to in my life. Okay. I want to be able to do that. I turned 61 on my next birthday. I want to be able to continue to wrestle with my nephews and my grandkids and, and people like, I want to be that crazy 90 year old that is still wrestling. That's why you engage in, in, in strength training and fitness and cardiovascular work. That's why that's there. Driving these chemicals, anandamide, dopamine, all these key molecules that lead to flow, that lead to the enjoyable experience. When I was in Lake Tahoe, I got to have coffee with uh, Stephen Kotler, who is the oh, author. Wow. Uh, we've turned into friends over the years talking about uh, HRV and things like that. But HRV and flow, being able to look at that flow experience, you know, this is important. And, and we see it. We don't have the data quite yet. We can't quite, you know, we can't quite bake the cake with a recipe yet, but we know there's something there. Um, so, you know, he gets off skiing, you know, being in the mountains, being in the trees, doing the hard stuff. His latest book, NAR Country, is really interesting. I love his books. I mean, I've got, I've read the last five. I've still got to go back and start on his first three. Um, but um, these are all tools of enjoyment. And at the end of the day, you know, this is what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, Don, I've got a question, you know, since you're in this, this space of, of peak performance, optimal health, university uh, sports in wrestling, et cetera. Are there any other of, of these biohacking modalities more so than others that you go, yeah, these got to be a staple or staple for wrestlers. We know that they do this every day. It's going to help with this whole formula that we're working with, with not only the supplementation, but you know, the other things to be part of that puzzle to move things along. Are there any things that you would like highly recommend over others that maybe not a one size fits all and it's good for everybody, but 
more than not, this is something that you'd recommend for somebody to help move the needle as well. Well, if you look over my right shoulder, you see a brown door. That's a sauna. Okay. okay. We live in a 42 foot fifth wheel trailer. The decision to move in here included the ability to get a sauna in my rig. Okay. If you look over my left shoulder, you see a red light panel. Okay. This is important. I think red light, again, when I, I have what's called my four rocks in the jar. And again, I've got a, there's that talks up on YouTube too, on my channel, and we'll get you the link to this, but the four rocks in the jar, my first rock is movement. We have a Peloton bike in our rig. I have strength and conditioning equipment that I travel with and I can do strength work with. These are all tools of movement and we get out and move. My second rock is nutrient dense food. And if you can't get your key nutrients from regular food sources, then you start looking at supplementation. And so this is where we start to use things like spermidine or other supplements. Listen, you know, I just spent the last five months in deep snow and Yosemite and Lake Tahoe and so forth. I was in clothes. In Vegas yesterday, we had 70 degrees. I was darn near close to naked because I wanted sunlight on my skin to get that conversion, the vitamin D, but there's a lot of other molecules that go with this besides vitamin D. Light is important. So nutrient-dense food, movement, light, and sleep are my four rocks. The jar is called purpose. Okay, you have to have a reason you wake up every day. My reason I wake up every day is again, I'm listen, I have coached amazing athletes, Olympic medalists, national champions, all Americans, incredible, incredible athletes. And, it, and it's been great. My favorite coaching job was when I coached my daughter's seventh grade field hockey team. Okay, this was this was this was unbelievably enjoyable. Okay, I would do it again in a minute. I want to coach my grandkids. Um, four years ago, when I worked in cannabis, I happened to be in Florida, and my nephew, who's also a big, he's playing Division One football. He's a Division One football center. Um, he had qualified for the Florida State High School Wrestling Tournament. So I brought my wrestling shoes down. I went over to work out with my nephew. And at the time, I'm 58, 50, 57, 58 years old. You know, he's this, I mean, he, he's going in, he, he was a hard card to shuffle, um, but I could still shuffle him for one day. Um, when we went to the second day, I had no recovery. It was a train wreck. Um, but I want to be, I want to be that, that 70, 80, 90 year old uncle, crazy uncle. You got to go work out with uncle Don. Okay, I want to maintain that. That's my that's my jar. That's my passion, as well as being a great spouse, um, you know, as well as just enjoying this trip that we're on. You know, I I I that's that's why we do what we do. I want to see great places, enjoy it. You know, I've got a good friend down at the Institute of Human to Machine Cognition. He has a great podcast, by the way, called STEM Talk. It's one of the best on the internet. But Ken says. There, what we call, there's what we call health span and lifespan. Our challenge right now is our average lifespan goes to about 73 in this country. Our average health span only goes to 62. Okay. So what that means is at 62, you're going to start to get so sick that it's going to affect you. You're going to be hooked to a tube. You're going to be doing something that's going to restrict your ability to enjoy life. And Ken says he wants to be happy, 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 dead. Um, 
And I love that. Um, and and I, I said to someone yesterday, you know, I don't I don't know how I'm going to exit this world. Um, if but if if I'm 90 years old and I'm walking on the edge of the Grand Canyon and I slip and I'm taking a trip down, I hope I can enjoy the flight. Um, because, you know, I, at the end, you know, who knows what happens next, but I want to, I want to enjoy every minute of that. Um, so, you know, this is where, this is where things like the endocannabinoid system, the reduction of anxiety, the improvement of enjoyment, this is where flow comes into play. These are all elements. And you guys, what's, what's really cool is that I tell people, and I believe this wholeheartedly. I learned more in the last year than I had learned my entire life previous to that. I expect to learn more in the next year than I have to this point. Learning is exponential at this point. There is so much to figure out. And our challenge is how do we get this into our equation? I think, I think all parts of life can be turned into an equation. What is the variable that's missing? How do we solve for that? How do we fix it? That's the process I love. Um, and it's a process that we can all use. Um, so it's kind of how I operate. Awesome, man. I love the answers to those questions that I asked. It's great, Don. Good stuff. Amazing. Don, um, how about we start wrapping up? Uh, it's been a privilege and an honor to have you here. Uh, I'll share a couple of takeaways, then I'll ask Stephen. My biggest takeaway is the, you know, that, that notion that, you know, anxiety equals lack of movement. So if one is feeling anxiety, go and move another takeaway. I mean, it had tons, but the happy, happy, happy dead. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, let, let me throw one more, a key performance indicator. What are your key performance indicators? I have three of them. I like to be happy. I like to be hungry and I want to be horny. Okay. When I've got those three things, I'm usually in a really good place. Um, oh, by the way, those are the benefits of cannabis use. Um, they hit all three of those. So, you know, it's, it's those key performance indicators. You know what? No one is going to lay in their deathbed and think I didn't make enough money. Okay. It doesn't happen. You want, when you come to the end of this crazy trip that we're in, you want to look back and say, man, did I, did I do all that I could? Did I enjoy? Did I see? Do I engage? Are the people around me better off because they had a relationship with me? Um, you know what? That's kind of what I go for. Um, and I think, and again, happy, horny, and health and uh, hungry. Those are three good ones. Okay, Don, gotta, I wanted to ask you before, but I was like, am I going to cross the you know boundaries here? But you just crossed it, so I'm going to ask. Okay. You or, or clients? Um, has their spouses or significant others ever complained of my partner has too much energy after working with you? Too much energy. Or, you know, something in that. Too much sexual part. energy? Let's um, go with sexual energy. I haven't heard that one yet. Good. Um, and I haven't, I haven't seen a clinic out there yet that says, hey, come to us. We'll lower your sexual energy. Yeah. Um, that's not a consumable product right now. I see a lot of advertisements and clinics for, hey, you want to improve that? We've got the tool. Um, and so I see a lot of that. So I don't, I don't, if, if there is one or two that may be there, I'm not sure you can build a business around it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Steven, what's uh, one or two or three takeaways for you? The big takeaways for me are all the little things that add up to the sum total of what you're looking to do. Um, you know, I've, I, you know, remembering to not to shut off blue light at night, remembering to keep your room cold to improve your sleep, all these little things, even, you know, stop eating, you know, three hours before bed, um, you know, your meditation, um, just disconnecting from anything that's, um, will keep you wired or, or, uh, anxious or in fight or flight way before you would go to bed. I have a lot of times where I'm just kind of running automatic on working or whatever nighttime comes along, TV comes on or I'm looking at screens or whatever. And I'm not, and I'm not whining. I'm not doing the things that are totally and 100% in my control to improve these things that we're talking about. So just those little things and making a habit either to set an alarm and go, okay, whack, turn it off, put on my blue, blue light blocking glasses or cut the screens, whatever, cool the room, blindfold mask for to keep the room dark is, is my better option than, than some of the other things. But yeah, those, those are the those are the things that I've really got to implement or doing all the little things to improve the sum total for me. So. Cool. And, and one more thing I wanted to share with the audience, the big rocks, if you haven't studied the big rocks from Stephen Covey that Don mentioned, go study Google. We're going to put a link below uh the big rocks that once the big rocks are in your vase or jar of your life you can then put in sand and then you can put in water but you gotta put the big rocks in first and and if you put sand and water in first you may not get the big rocks in that's why it's critical that you get those in yeah seven habits of highly effective people it's a it's a must read book uh, awesome thanks don anything else before we conclude my friend Oh, we can go for about another hour if you want. Okay, <laughs> not today, but next Part time two. for sure. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Right. Um, yes, uh, have guys. a great time in Vegas. Uh, everyone, show notes, all the links below. Connect with Don. Thank you, Don, again. Everybody, bye-bye for now. Have Thanks, a great guys. day.